Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for our Friday program, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, lots of news and notes to get to. A really, really neat note about Major League Baseball possibly coming to Evansville. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Uh, I saw that earlier in the week. I've forgotten to mention it on the show. I'm so, I'm sure that some of you have read it uh, online or in some of the different papers that have picked up the story, but a really neat opportunity for the city of Evansville possibly to host a Major League Baseball game. I don't think next year, but possibly the following season. Also, some recruiting news for IU in Segment 1. Another five-star has set an official visit, and there's kind of some rumbling out there uh, that IU may be out with uh, another one of their 2023 options uh, that was just on campus within the last week and a half or so. So we'll talk about all that and more here in segment one. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He'll join as we talk IU basketball and we'll squeeze in likely a little football as well uh, with high school football getting ready to begin, what, two weeks from today? I believe I'm right. And then uh, also IU and Illinois coming up uh, really in about a month is away from that is where we're at basically. So uh, football season just around the corner. There is no question about that. Also, uh, later in the show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star checks in. You know, we've had a lot of, uh, of action here lately. Uh, Trent Sicily and Jalen Harrelson, some of the good young players in our state, uh, are allowed now to, to go on campus for unofficial visits. And uh, so we will uh, catch up on both of those guys with Kyle. They're both coming off of really big summers, uh, and their recruitments, I think, are definitely headed, if not already there, to a national perspective. You know, Harrelson, I think his recruitment's going to get to uh, that national level, level sooner rather than later. And Sicily, uh, what's he been to this week to Purdue and Indiana, Ohio State earlier, like a day or two ago, he got a scholarship offer from the Buckeyes and then finishing out the week at Iowa. So four Big Ten schools uh, after a guy that's going to be a sophomore when school begins back at Heritage Hills. So we'll talk about all that and more with Kyle Deddenrip a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And uh, don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502 414-1450 is the number. You can pull out your phone, type it in just like 
like a, a text message to a buddy, 502-414-1450. And it's uh, Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. You've heard me say this. Each week, one lucky refreshing rewards member win $10,000 with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more items using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a member, no problem. Text the word REWARD to the number 80313. That's 80313 today. All right, let's get into some headlines for this opening segment of the program. I mentioned Major League Baseball considering hosting a game at Evansville's historic Bossy Field. And one of the real treats about broadcasting high school baseball, I don't know, the last seven, eight, nine years, whatever it's been here on the Big X, has been we've had a lot of good teams, a lot of good players, and we've got to go to some really neat fields, especially in the postseason, because you've got some great, great stadiums across southern Indiana uh, that get to host postseason baseball. Jasper, uh, Southridge, their historic league stadium, Balsey Field and Evansville, those would probably be three that immediately come to mind uh, on the top of my list. Also, Victory Field, of course, if you get a chance to play for a state championship. But uh, Balsey Field, it, it's unique. It's historic. It is uh, just different from any place else I've ever been or broadcasted. So to see that Major League Baseball is interested in setting up one of their special games, they've done the Little League game there at, at Williamsport. They've done uh, and getting ready to do here very soon, I think next week, the Field of Dreams uh, out in, I believe, Iowa with the cornfields in the background and, and the neat uh, connection there to the movie. Uh, but this, it sounds like Evansville is on the list potentially uh, for a game not next season, but the season after. Uh, Major League Baseball has visited Evansville twice uh, and uh, has met with the mayor and uh, others involved in that process. And it sounds like uh, that, again, it would not be a 2023 game. There's been some things pushed back, but very possible uh, for the 2024 season that Major League Baseball uh, is playing a game in Evansville. Uh, and, of course, remember, uh, when I say historic Balsey Field, uh, the third oldest ballpark is still in regular use for some level of professional baseball. And I know that some may think that's a stretch because right now it's a, an independent team, I believe, is their affiliation. The, the Otters, the Evansville Otters, play uh, at uh, Balsey Field, uh, surpassed only by Fenway Park, and Wrigley Field. So uh, that tells you uh, the history and how long that Balsey Field uh, has, uh, has, has been around. And it would be the first ever Major League Baseball game to be played in the state of Indiana. So uh, that's what we know about it. Let's hope that it becomes true. It sounds like there's going to have to be a real investment in the field to, to do some resurfacing and some other things that were noted by the Evansville mayor in the story that came out on this a few days ago. But I thought it would be really neat to, to be there. And again, I would do anything to be at the game. Uh, there's no telling. I mean, Balsey Field has some seats, but it's nothing like a normal major league or really even a minor league ballpark that's modern. Uh, there is no telling uh, what a ticket for this game uh, will cost and how impossible uh, that they will be to get. But it sounds like it could happen. Sounds like there have been some visits to the, the city of Evansville. 
And uh, as Hoosiers, let's cross our finger that this happens. It would be great for Evansville and great for Major League Baseball uh, to come to our state. And I love the special games. Kudos to MLB for figuring this out with the Little League field they built uh, in uh, in Williamsport and then, of course, the Field of Dreams field in Iowa. But, it, again, if, if Major League Baseball built those fields, I think from scratch, uh, surely they can help with some rehab to a historic stadium like Bossy Field. And, of course, I get to thinking from a local perspective as well, you know, if there's some rehab money that's put in by Major League Baseball or by Evansville or a combination, whatever that could look like, it's only going to help the, the high school teams in Evansville that use that field on a regular basis. It's only going to help the postseason when New Albany, Jeff Floyd Central, one of our local teams, gets the chance to go down there possibly in the postseason. I know it's been re- Arranged where Jasper's the host now of the regional, but uh, still a neat place. And that game, I think, would be very beneficial to all. So we'll see uh, see if that happens and how that works out here in the coming coming years. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn more on it here, maybe you know, within the next six months or so, if it's going to happen in the 2024 season. Recruiting note for IU: five star uh, forward Liam McNeely has announced that he is going to take a visit to Indiana coming up uh, the weekend of September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, Also this year, McNeely is going to be uh, playing high school basketball his final year at Montverde Academy in Florida. He played at John Paul II in Plano, Texas last year. So again, Indiana involved with another player. That's where Hood Shafino and Renu came from. Uh, Montverde Academy, one of the top tier, I call them elite high school program. They're really not a prep school. They're an elite high school program that travels and plays a national schedule. So uh, Uh, He's going to be on campus in mid to late September, it sounds like. I I haven't looked. I don't have the IU football schedule in front of me, but I'm sure that is a home football game weekend for the Hoosiers. Uh, He had some really good comments to say about Indiana and about Coach Woodson. Uh, So, again, interesting to see where the Hoosiers will stack up with him. And on the flip side of that, it sounds like there's been no confirmation of this that I have seen, but the word on the street is that Deshaun Harris-Smith, who Indiana got really involved with in July, they saw him a lot that first period, uh, that first open period. They offered him a scholarship at the close of that first open period. Uh, And then uh, he was on campus about a week and a half or so once the July recruiting periods came to an end. But the word on the street is is that Indiana is kind of moving on from his recruitment, that he has some other schools that he is uh, considering more, likes more possibly. I know there were some fans that uh, that tweeted me or that t- texted me and said he, during his IU visit uh, a few weeks ago, a week and a half or so ago, uh, he was tweeting out pictures of himself, I guess, from an earlier visit to Maryland, why he was on the Indiana campus. So uh, I think some people maybe had their feelings hurt over that, but no no idea what's going on, no idea if, if this is all factual. But the word is is that Indiana really not uh, no traction with Deshaun Harris-Smith, I think, is the safe way to see it. We'll see if that holds. We'll see if anything changes. We'll see if that's all exactly how things are. But uh, he was a guy that in July you thought, man, he's really trending IU's way, but it doesn't seem to be. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case now that we're into early August. Also, a note on Gabe Cups. It uh, was announced earlier this week that he is going to play 
in an event called the Slam Summer Classic at Historic Rucker Park. Uh, it's going to take place on August 20th, and uh, the event is sponsored by Slam and also Nike and some other partners. We'll bring in some of the best high school basketball senior-to-bees from across the country. Cups always seems to find a way in the mix when you look at top players in the country. He's not a prolific scorer. He is a really good passer, distributor, runner of the offense, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if Cups, who doesn't have the flashy stuff and isn't always going to be on the highlight reel. I think it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue to hold his national prominence and become an, a McDonald's All-American at the conclusion of his career over in Centerville, Ohio. So that'll be interesting to see, but Gabe Cup's another honor. He's going to get to play at uh, one of the best outdoor facilities uh, and most legendary outdoor parks for basketball, Rucker Park, right there in the heart of the Bronx, not far from Yankee Stadium on August 20th. And I've had a couple people mention this. We, we talked earlier, actually we talked a lot this week about name, image, and likeness and some specific deals uh, for Trace Jackson Davis. And then recently the Hoosiers for Good uh, Collective announced 11 new deals for uh, men's and one women's basketball player totaling in, what, $425,000 some odd dollars. There's another NIL opportunity, one that fans can contribute to, uh, coming up with the Hoosier Hysterics. Uh, Fan Fest, which is really kind of the, I guess you could call it the open to the season. It's going to take place in August and it's going to involve a practice and some other opportunities for fans. It's the weekend of August 18th through the uh, 21st. And part of that is a a fantasy experience, which I guess is kind of like a a fantasy camp for adults where where they will get to uh, play games with uh, the IU coaches there and, and even the IU players, I think, are going to be involved in that process. And uh, just a number of different things set for that weekend. We'll, we'll talk more about that event when when things get closer. But nonetheless, the uh, the uh, Fan Fest, uh, an NIL event, basically, your, your contributions to attend that event uh, will go toward the Hoosier Hysterics Collective that ultimately helps strike deals and pay players for uh, different sponsors sponsorship opportunities using their name, image, and likeness. So uh, that's another event coming up. I know we've had a lot of NIL discussions this week, and I'm sure as we get ready for the season and gear up for the season, you're going to see more and more players uh, taking to their social media accounts, announcing deals that they have uh, maybe independently and, and opportunities that they have to promote businesses. It's just kind of the way of the world in college uh, basketball these days, college football as well. In fact, I saw locally, uh, kind of interested in seeing some of our local guys get NIL opportunities, even maybe some non-D1 athletes because of our community here and how important sports are. I think there's really some opportunity for uh, college athletes of all levels here to promote. They may not get rich. They may get small deals only or some free stuff along the way, but it's all good for them as a college student, right? But Tucker Biven, who's at UofL, who had some real interest in the recent Major League Baseball draft, he's going to be at Chick-fil-A in Clarksville coming up. Uh, I forget the date here, a a week or so from now, with a little meet and greet and autograph session for maybe the the young little leaguers in the community that want to get out 
out and meet him and talk to him and get a picture with him. But an NIL opportunity, he's going to get paid to do that. He's going to help promote Chick-fil-A, hopefully bring in some new business for them. So that's just another uh, opportunity, probably on a smaller level than some of the things we've mentioned this week, but how a local player is uh, taking advantage of NIL opportunities to to make a little change as uh, they begin their college career for Biven over at the University of Louisville. Also, if you stayed up late last night watching Little League Baseball out in Livermore, California, the Intermediate Division, the World Series, unfortunately, the great run Highlander Youth Recreation had came to an end last night. Central East Maui Little League from Hawaii scored the first six runs of the game and then were able to hold off HYR for a 7-4 win. So HYR with a real comeback there. It was an elimination game after HYR had lost the previous day. And so HYR will finish the Intermediate World Series one game away from the uh, United States Championship game in that intermediate division of Little League Baseball. So hats off to HYR. Congratulations to them in that Little League. Once again, they put the intermediate division, they put a lot of emphasis on that, and uh, they really uh, have had some great runs in the postseason. Uh, But this one right there at the top, as one of the best runs that this program has had at that level and uh, one game away from the United States Championship game. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention, we talked earlier this week that the NCAA, their board of directors, had a big meeting earlier in the week to talk about a lot of rules and other things. And I know it seems like they're meeting constantly these days about changing rules or getting rid of rules or should we make rules about NIL. But one of the things that I think we were all in this area interested in uh, was Bellarmine and would the, the NCAA consider a revision to the rules which would allow schools to not wait that four-year probationary period that were transitioning from Division II to Division I sports. And there really was no action. There was some discussion of that, uh, of a possible change, but no action, uh, no real favorable comments toward a change. And so it looks like, unfortunately, for Coach Davenport and Bellerman, uh, who have a great Southern Indiana connection here almost every season, it looks like that things will hold the same, that even if Bellerman able to put together another banner season and win their conference tournament that they will not get the opportunity to play in the NCAA Big Dance or the NIT. They're both connected together. So that is where things stand as of now. I know there was some real hope that maybe, just maybe, that meeting earlier this week would kind of get the ball rolling and that there would be a change approved before this season begins, which would open the door for Bellarmine if they could repeat their success from last year. But unfortunately, that is not the case, and it does look like the Knights will have to hang on and wait a few more seasons seasons to see if they can make uh, their little league or I should say their NCAA tournament uh, run. Don't forget Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He'll join. We'll talk IU basketball. We'll squeeze in some football and a lot more coming up. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. 
You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We always talk IU basketball, and we're going to talk more football with the season here, and we even get into some local stuff from time to time. And Dylan's going to be with us for a little longer today because Kyle Nedenrip has a conflict. He will not join us later in the program today. So uh, Dylan will help us on all accounts today. Dylan, thanks for being with us. Yeah, of course. Always happy to be here on Fridays talking Hoosier hoops or football or whatever that may be, wherever, wherever the conference brings us. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's start with uh, IU basketball. Um, obviously, a lot of excitement about the season. This uh, Hoosier Hysterics collective uh, NIL opportunity. It's a fan fest for fans, kids, adults. It looks like it's going to cover just about everybody is coming up here in the middle of this month. And with the excitement surrounding the program right now, uh, these guys probably have picked a good time here early, still in really, I guess you say, the summer part of the off season to stage an event like this because I think people are ready to do anything uh, surrounding IU basketball that they possibly can. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good time um, for them to kind of get out there and do this. Uh, middle of August, you know, it's going to be it's, it's a good opportunity for, for kids to come out or even other people to come out and kind of see them a little earlier than, we, than we're used to. I think Hoosier Hysteria is the first week of October. So, you know, for those fans kind of itching for that moment to come, um, you know, for those able to, to be able to go to this event, you know, it's a little bit of an earlier taste for them to kind of get out and see the players. It's a really cool opportunity, too, to, to interact with them. Uh, you can take pictures. You can get autographs. You'll see them do, you know, sort of sort of similar stuff they do at Hoosier Stair. You know, you'll see them do a three-point contest, dunk contest, stuff like that. So uh, it'll be really cool for, for the you know, everybody who can come out to that event to see them. Plus it also, you know, it helps benefit the players too. As you mentioned, you know, it's an NIL kind of thing for them. So so that's always a good thing for, for the, you know, fans to come out and support them in that way. But it's going to be a cool opportunity in general. Um, you know, I, I wonder how much of it. Will be. I don't think they'll be able to probably take many videos of, of people, you know, doing dunks or anything like that. But I'm sure we'll see some pictures posted of players with with fans and whatnot like that. So it'll be a really cool opportunity. Um, and you're right; it's a it's a right time to do it. Everybody will be back on campus uh, in a couple of weeks here. So around that date that the that, that event is, everyone will already be back here. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool opportunity for everyone that gets to go to that. And I'm sure it's cool for the players too to kind of interact with the fans. And I'm sure they'll be able to sense the excitement from all the fans that show up there. So really exciting time, and uh, you know, sports are on their way soon, and I can't wait. Yeah, am, am I right that there is uh, listed on the schedule for the weekend as part of this fan fest, there is some sort of uh, scrimmage practice, something where the players will actually be on the court doing some up and down? Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, that's, that's one of the things noted on there in addition to, like I said, a three-point contest, a dunk contest, cool stuff like that. So um, I, I wonder if it's going to be similar to what we saw at Hoosier Hysteria last year where it's kind of just like, you know, doing like a three-man weave drills, stuff like that, where they're kind of going up and down the court. Um, I don't know if Woodson's going to be there at all, but, la- you know, at Hoosier Hysteria, he was kind of there coaching him up, yelling at him, you know, telling him to talk. I don't hear anyone talking, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I assume it won't be like a – a full-on, you know, practice thing, but I imagine they'll probably run up and down, three-man weave type drills, little three-on-three stuff, you know, small little easy things that uh, the fans can kind of watch and just, you know, it's, it's kind of those simple basketball things that when you're a kid, you know, you, you, that's, you start to do those kind of drills. So 
for him to kind of see you know those those college kids do it and and just maybe how effectively or how serious they take it could be beneficial to those kids to kind of see how they do it maybe they could try to you know mirror themselves after that and, and do it that, and when you know when they go play basketball themselves too Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. Okay, recruiting-wise, some good news for the Hoosiers. That's that Liam McNeely is going to be on campus in September, and I expect we'll find out about other uh, fall football time visits here in the coming weeks. But McNeely, a five-star from Texas that is going to be at Montverde Academy. And, boy, that seems to be a, a familiar name for IU fans following recruits and people that Indiana is tracking and obviously had some success with. Jalen hood Shafino, Malik, Malik Renu, uh, both coming in in the freshman class for Montverde. So that pipeline looks to continue with McNeely, who is a really intriguing player and someone that's got a lot of schools after him in a very serious way. Yeah, and I'm sure Jalen and Malik will also kind of be, you know, along with him on his on his visit. You know, I'm sure they'll probably, you know, show him around and, and try kind of, you know, talk him into it, maybe try to help him out a little bit and, and kind of influence him one way or the other. So I'm sure they'll be involved with that, try to continue that pipeline. Um, you know, it's a great program over there. Um, you know, I, he- I heard an interview with Yusir Roseman just talking about what Mount Vare does and just, how ready they get guys for college basketball. And I think that's one of the reasons why we think that Jalen Hojafino and Malik Renu are, are, are already ready to contribute right away in their freshman year, something we haven't seen from Indiana freshmen in the past. And that's a lot due to the, the way that academy um, kind of gets the guys ready, the competition they play with, uh, just the, the level of play that's demanded out of them when they play there. So for Liam McNeely, you know, huge recruit, another opportunity for these guys, and you know, I think it's going to be a big deal when he gets on campus. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be – I'm happy that, you know, Jalen and Malik will probably be there to, to kind of show him around and maybe try to convince him one way or the other. So uh, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, they, they've been doing a lot of recruiting. You know, Jalen Harrelson, he, you know, he recently went on a, a visit there. He's a 2025 guy. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're getting guys on campus. And, uh, you know, this is, it's getting the right time of year to do it. All the students are coming back. The, the Bloomington will be alive and well. And, They'll get a feel for how it's like uh, when college starts. So they're getting a lot of guys on campus, and that's a good thing because uh, if you take a visit to Indiana, it means you're thinking about them. And you know, it, it, when you when you go to that school for the first time, uh, it's it, it's a pretty special experience. So uh, I'm excited for for those, these recruits to kind of see that for the first time, and hopefully, you know, they 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 feel about it the same way a lot of guys on the team have already, and and you know, influences their decision to commit here. All right, Dylan. One other 2023 thing I want to bring up. Have you heard or do you have the feel that I have Indiana may not be very much in the running for Deshaun Harris uh, Smith, who there seemed to be so much interest in earlier in July? I'm not sure exactly what happened or what's going on, but I kind of get word that Indiana's out there. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem like uh, there's there's much talks going on anymore um, between them. So uh, I wouldn't expect too much uh, from him in the in the next couple of weeks or whenever he's deciding to commit. Um, yeah, I've heard similar things as you. Is that it doesn't seem like um, the the talks have have been. I don't know, you know, which side it is. Maybe it's both sides in general, but it doesn't seem like there's been shared uh, interest um, from either side there. So it seems like talks have settled down there. So yeah, I would not expect. Uh, then they get a commitment from him at all. I think that's a great example of of recruiting. Um, you know, Indiana, it's kind of late to get in on new 2023s, but it's possible it yeah. happens. I mean, look at Tabar Bates and when he committed to Indiana and how that whole process works. So anything's possible. But 
uh, Deshaun came on in early July and was just red hot, and Indiana was there and liked him and watched him, and there seemed to be a lot of interest in return, and he immediately set a visit for as soon as he could get there once the live periods came to an end. So people like you and I that are following all this and fans I'm sure that are listening and reading, they're like, you know, this makes a lot of sense. There clearly is a lot of, a lot of interest both ways here, and then – after a visit, when seemingly everything went well, it dies off pretty quickly. That's just kind of, I think, a great summary of recruiting. It can be red hot, and it can also go cold, and it can go cold quick. And I also think it's the key that uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, just about you know when you go and see these guys and they blow up for a two- to three-day span, you might really like what you see. And then the more time you want, so then you know you, you'll offer them right away, or you'll want to talk to them and get interested in them. But then, hey, you know maybe in a couple of weeks or now, from now, and then you know they're not playing as well, and, and you start to rethink kind of okay, do we want this guy as bad as we thought we did? We saw him during that two to three game span. I'm not saying that's what happened with with this guy at all, but I'm just saying that it's an example of you know just how, like you said how quickly kind of recruiting can change when things seem to be clicking. You feel the momentum on your side for your school. Um, things can flip on a dime, and and it could be the other kid gets really interested in a different school, and he went he went on another visit and liked that, and said, "Hey, I want to go here instead." Or Indiana was like, "You know what? Uh, you know, we we see some other guys that we're inter- more interested in, or stuff like that." So yeah, these these, these things change uh, frequently, and um, you know, it's just just you never know. And when kids get hot, uh, it's a great thing for them, and you know that's why the school's got to be a little more. You know, they got to do their own homework and make sure it's not anything that's kind of you know out of the radar or off the blue or you know a one-time fluke or anything like that so yeah these recruiting things change a lot but uh i think that the coaching staff indiana has uh i trust their judgment a lot and i've really come to i've really come to like what these guys are doing on the recruiting trail i think kenya hunter you see a roseman even brian walsh i I just think the job they're doing is really good so you know whatever their decision go you know whoever they like i'll you know we'll probably like his fans too so uh they're doing a good job and uh you know Things flip, and I trust their judgment uh, wherever things go for them. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Dylan, uh, another recruiting thing, and you, and you mentioned this, that Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sicily were on campus earlier this week. There's obviously a lot of interest in both of those guys from fans. They're in-state guys. They're going to be, if all stays the same, uh, great products of Indiana high school basketball. So Indiana on them from the jump. I mean, Ert offered scholarships very early on. Um, I don't think they were the first for either, but very, very early in offering scholarships to both of them. And Indiana got them on campus really the first day or two uh, that they could be on campus based on NCAA visit rules. So that said, uh, fans are curious there. And how about the week for Sicily specifically? It started at Purdue. It went to Indiana, then Ohio State where he got a scholarship offer. And then he's finishing up the week at Iowa, four Big Ten schools for a guy that's just going to be a sophomore when school starts back at Heritage Hills, he's really seen his recruitment expand to really the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, he's definitely a rising sophomore, that's for sure. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's getting the visits out of the way, and I think that's a good way to do it, you know, knock them all out. You know, when I think it's good because, you know, let's say Indiana's fresh in your mind. You love it. Well, if you go to Purdue – you know, Indiana's still in the back of your mind. So will Purdue overwhelm you and be like, oh, you know what, I really like this one too. Or you'd be like, you know what, I still like just the yesterday I was at Indiana. I like that better. Or you go to Iowa in a couple of days and you really like Purdue or something like that. You know, you, you have the, you know, you don't go too far away from it. You have that feeling in you for a while. You kind of get a good grip. So I like what he's doing with, with kind of how he's spacing out his visits. 
on how he's doing back-to-back. But, man, you look at the comments from both these guys and just what they're saying about Mike Woodson, how they, how they really like that, that he has that NBA experience. Um, you know, they both talked, you know, Harrelson talked a lot about kind of, you know, Mike Woodson talked to me about transition offense. And that, you know, that points to us, like, hey, you know, they want to play faster this year. They want to get up and down the floor. They don't want to have a bogged down offense. And that's a good thing. I think what the athletic team Indiana has this year, um, for them to play faster will be a beneficial thing. And, um, you know, if, if recruits see that translate to what Woodson's, you know, trying to sell to them, it'll probably, you know, intri- intrigue them even more. So, so that's been great. Um, and then also just the fan interest. Uh, you know, I think Harrelson made a comment about, you know, we went to Buffaloes and, you know, there were fans who, like, knew who I was and fans were outside and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you just don't get there. You just don't get that um, in other places. You know, when a guy who's who's a sophomore in high school who's not even from the state, you know, comes around and, and they're not even – and, you know, they and fans know who they are and they know what's happening. I mean, that, that, that tells you that the fans care. And, you know, we all know that about Indiana basketball. The fans are really passionate. But for recruits who aren't from here to come see that, it's got to be a pretty cool thing for them, um, being, being just such young kids and having people, you know, pretty interested in them. So, yeah, uh, it seemed like both those recruits for, for Sicily and Harrison re- really well. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of excited to see what, what continues to happen with them. Um, Sisley's young. He's going to have a lot of guys, a lot more conversation to have with, with a lot more, lot more college coaches, lots more visits probably. But, uh, you know, it seemed like both those visits went really well, and uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. And I'm happy that they were able to get those guys on campus, like you said, right away. It was, it was a good, good tactic, and, uh, you know, now they'll, they'll hopefully they'll remember Indiana for a little bit as they go through on their, their recruitment process. Dylan, i got to tell you, as I see Kentucky and – I don't know, it seems like, I think Arkansas, there's a number of schools as we get into August that are getting ready to take uh, their overseas tours uh, as allowed once every four years by the NCAA. Uh, and a lot of them, it's no longer Spain or Germany or, or neat uh, trips that are far away. It's Canada or the Bahamas, uh, the Puerto Rico. Those are all popular destinations to, to scrimmage and, and get some extra practice in. But I am jealous because I think back to a year ago, Mike Woodson's first season and how exciting it was to have the Bahamas trip to follow this time of year with all the question marks around the program. And it was more so question marks because Woodson was new and you know you just wanted to see what differences would be like under him. Now it's excitement because Indiana legitimately has the opportunity to be really good, I think. And so I do wish the Bahamas trip was this year, although I'm sure it played an important part of uh, Coach Woodson's takeover there before last season. But I'm a little envious because when there's games and there's stuff to, to read and talk about, uh, it makes things even more interesting. And that was a fun period. I hope Indiana does that every four years uh, that they possibly can get them in. I think they should. I mean, as all a lot of players talked about, like, hey, like, you know, we had – a lot of our chemistry started back at the Bahamas and, you know, they, that's why maybe, maybe when things started going, you know, badly in the middle of February, you know, they, they had, they had a lot more time together than, than, than they would have if they didn't go to the Bahamas and played games with each other. So I think that played a huge role into this past year. Um, and even though, you know, it was so early, people might, people might not think it did, but I feel like it really did. And I hope, I, I, I agree with you. I hope they do continue to do it because even if, it's not a whole new coaching staff. It's not new, you know. Just just the opportunity to kind of play more games, you know. Go go put to what you're practicing over the summer. Go put that into action a little bit early on and get a taste of it. That way, you're not doing it for the first time in in late October, early November. You know, you have a little bit more game clip and game film against other people to watch. That's really valuable. And 
you know, the one thing that I wish that they did is, you know, you look at, uh, I mean, Auburn just, just went and played in Israel. You know, Kentucky's got it coming up, too. And those both were, were televised, SEC Network. And I wish in somehow the Big Ten or big even BTN Plus or whatever it could have been, I wish there was some way they could have made it where, you know, those Indiana games were, were able to be filmed, they're able to be watchable. Um, because, that, you know, you're, you know, when Kentucky goes and plays those games, fans are going to be able to go on and watch it, and that's pretty cool. And I know a lot of Indiana fans made the trip to the Bahamas and, and watched them play in person. And, you know, I think the rule was you can only, you know, record two minutes of highlights or whatever. So, you know, that's all we got to see. So, yeah, if Indiana goes in, in the next, in, in three years later, I, I hope there's, there's some way where they can get, kind of get the Big Ten Network out there or BTM Plus or whatever it is to get that televised because, man, fans would definitely tune in, especially in August when everyone's waiting for the season to come around. Fans would tune in and watch that stuff all day. So hopefully uh, when they go back out there, that, that's a thing that could be added to the experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Dylan Wallace. Dylan, I left off one recruiting name I intended to bring up today, and that's J.Q. Roberts from Bloomington North. Uh, he committed yeah. to Vanderbilt, and Indiana seemed to be very interested in him, especially when he was just kind of emerging as a prospect in our state. Uh, I'm not sure where the interest level was here this summer, uh, but was surprised to see a commitment from him uh, to Vanderbilt. He announced it on his social media account yesterday. Of course, he'll be a senior. It seems like just yesterday he was a, a freshman starting to kind of raise some eyebrows, and we thought, hey, this guy's going to be pretty good, and he's right there in the backyard in Bloomington. But to Vanderbilt uh, is where uh, CJQ uh, is going to go. Yeah, I swear I just saw him play like not too long ago and he was a sophomore, so it just feels really <laughs> weird that he's already going to be a senior. And, you know, when I saw the commitment, I was like, oh, wow, like already? But now, I mean, it makes sense. He's going to his senior year. I mean, I don't blame him. And, and yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool for him. Um, you know, my biggest memory of him uh, wasn't even on the basketball court. I, I saw him in a, in a track regional meet at Bloomington North one year. Um, and, and he ran the 400, and oh my gosh, I mean, just the, the speed, the athleticism, the long stride. Uh, he just looked like an athlete, and I turned to some people, and I was like, he's probably a pretty good basketball player, isn't he? And they're like, yeah, and so, you know, I was able to see him play a couple times at Bloomington North, so, you know, I, I'm happy for him. Um, it did seem like Indiana, I was talking to some people uh, this past spring, and it just seemed like, you know, Indiana, they, they talked to him, but they weren't like super, super all in on him yet. Um, and maybe they were waiting for the summer to kind of see what happened. But, uh, you know, who knows what happened there. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty cool for him um, to kind of go to Vanderbilt. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does pretty well there. I wish him all nothing but the best uh, for these Indiana kids, especially the ones from the Bloomington area. So, you know, hopefully he gets a good experience there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. I think he's a pretty good player. Um, but we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, for, from here out on from him. Hopefully he does some well good things. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is going to join us for a little extended segment today because Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star has a conflict. Uh, Dylan, high school football is almost here. Uh, it's a Friday night in August, but uh, still not yet the season, but it'll be here before you know it. Uh, any thoughts on the Hoosier Hills Conference this year? I know your interest is more so Seymour because that's who you cover for your local, your local paper, but uh, any thoughts on what's out there this year? I'm really curious to see um, how New Albany and Jeffersonville are, and I'm not just saying that because you know you guys are down there, but I, I'm curious because because I know I know New Albany, I know they both had some talented seniors, and I know that they all left, and I'm curious to see kind of how you know those two teams are going to look uh, w- without those seniors that were a big part of the teams last year. Obviously, New Albany won the sectional title; uh, they beat Seymour in that sectional game. So I'm curious how they're going to look. Um, Columbus East, you know, obviously they had that that dominant stretch um, that, that kind of went away last year. It's From what I've heard from talking to people, it seems like 
this might be another down year for them. It doesn't seem like things might be trending in the right direction quite yet for them. Hopefully they get it turned around soon. Um, and, you know, I'm, 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 I think BNL will be okay. I, th- I think Seymour has a chance to, to, to be pretty competitive as well. So, um, you know, Jennings County is always kind of in, in a little bit in the middle of the pack. So, you know, I'm excited to kind of see how this plays out. I, I, I'm not quite sure if there's one team that stands out as that could be the, the top team in the conference. And that's why I'm just so curious to see how New Albany and Jeff will shake out. Um, what their teams are going to look like. So I'm just really excited. I, I think it could be a really competitive Hoosier Hills conference season, um, which is always fun, you know, when you go and see games that are, that are competitive and down to the wire like that sectional game was between Seymour and New Albany. Uh, it, it's a lot of entertainment, fun stories to write about, fun things to talk about. So I'm really curious. You know, Seymour's got a QB battle right now, and, you know, we don't know who, who's going to be the starter quite yet. They have their, like, purple and white scrimmage today, and then, you know, next week's, you know, the – they, you you do the scrimmage against a different team, and then you know, a week after that, season starts. So uh, I'm really excited for the season to get going, and I'm just really curious to kind of see who steps up in the Hoosier Hills Conference. I think it, I think it's a little bit open. I'm curious to see who's going to go take it. I agree. You know, Columbus East so dominant for so many years. Uh, a coaching change there with Coach Gaddis announcing his retirement. And anytime there's a retirement or a coaching change of someone that's been so dominant for so long, you never know what it's going to look like, you know, in seasons after that. So I really feel like New Albany, after their little run to the semi-state last year, and Jeff was good the year before as far as winning a sectional, Floyd Central has been uh, very competitive. Uh, and then, of course, you kind of mentioned some of the schools up your way. I do, I do sense that the Hoosier Hills Conference, I, I see some openings this year uh, where it's maybe not set in stone who the top few uh, teams are going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and I'm 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 excited to kind of see who who could step up. I mean, I think based off what New Albany did last year in the postseason, I you know I'd probably start with them, um, and then I might I might go Jeff, and I and I might even throw Seymour number three. I mean, I just think I think from what they're returning, they were a young team last year that they created some momentum at the end of the year. So I'm just excited to see what they're able to do. Um, but yeah, and, and it's unfortunate that the the sectionals got switched up because you know Seymour. I think Seymour liked being in that sectional with with New Albany and playing those schools over there. And, and now they're in a, a little bit of a tougher sectional against Bloomington South, Bloomington North, and uh, one other school I can't remember already. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a shame some of the sectionals got switched up because I was excited to kind of see that the sectional we had last year and see what kind of happens again in, in those games. But, uh, you know, at least the regular season should be pretty fun, and, and I'm excited to kind of see some of these, some of these games are going to be big-time games. So uh, I'm really excited for it. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us Fridays. Dylan, thanks for the little extra run today. Great stuff, and uh, we'll do it again next Friday to wrap up next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, Dylan Wallace with us here on this Friday program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. A few notes to close out the week, and we'll send you into the weekend. So stay with us for that as we have our final segment of the week coming up. Uh, Inching closer we are to the high school and college football seasons. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a 
what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back here on this final segment, Friday program headed into the weekend, two weeks away from the start of high school football. And I believe there are a few local teams that have their inner squad, you know, school colors, uh, so-and-so versus so-and-so scrimmage tonight. Then everybody basically has a scrimmage next Friday night, a controlled scrimmage following the IHSA guidelines. And then the following Friday uh, would set you up for the opening season games across the area. And on the opening night, no game bigger than Silver Creek at Charlestown, the battle of Highway 403. Creek has been really good the last few years. I think they're going to have a total different look this season after some really key graduations. Charlestown is a team that I'm interested in. I I think that they could be pretty good. And uh, so that opening game against Silver Creek will be an opportunity for the Pirates to uh, maybe prove their early season worth. And so that's going to be a big one to start the season on August 19th. Clarksville in that opening night, uh, they will host Scottsburg as the Generals, uh, kind of a new-look program here the last season or so, not a member of the Mid-Southern Conference, an independent team, but they've got a really good schedule set up with a mix of games, some that are going to be very tough for them, but some that are right on the level of Clarksville football, so kudos to them and uh, best of luck to Coach Bozier. Floyd Central, uh, they will host Louisville Mail in that opening game, always a tough one for the Highlanders. And then the following week, they go to, to Manuel. So they open with two Louisville programs and two good Louisville programs to start the year. New Albany, after the big run last season, I still think the Bulldogs can be pretty good. And since we had Coach Cooley on uh, a few weeks ago, I understand New Albany has a big-time transfer that has come in from Louisville. I don't have a lot of details or specifics. We'll, we'll get those. But I understand New Albany has somebody that could really help their football program. And New Albany will host Bloomington South on August 19th to open the season before they go to Gibson Southern. Two always tough games to start the year for the Bulldogs. Providence dropping down to 1A, sectional 48. Uh, I think the Pioneers, I'm not sure what their record this season will look like. I don't know enough yet to know or have a feel, but I think in that sectional that they're going to play in now, uh, Coach McDonald and, and the uh, the Pioneers can be competitive. Eastern Green, North Davies, Rock Creek, South Spencer, Springs Valley, Tecumseh, and West Washington making up sectional 48. So that should be exciting for Providence fans. I think the shift to 1A will really, really help Providence and their postseason ability to have some success. But they go to Bethlehem, Kentucky, down in Bardstown. Or excuse me, they host Bethlehem from Bardstown uh, on August 19th before going to Rock Creek on week two of the uh, high school football season. Silver Creek, uh, they are obviously at Charlestown for the Battle of 403 to open the year. Coach Pappenhaus already in his fourth year as the head coach there. And then Rock Creek, they've got a new coach. His name is Todd Bale, and uh, the Lions are set to open the season in Kentucky at Trimble County. So that is kind of a look of week one action and games across the area. Jeffersonville, uh, they were scheduled to be down at Bell County, which is a really tough opener. Uh, There's no question about that. Uh, But that game has been uh, canceled, uh, I understand. And Coach Parker, in fact, told us that yesterday here on this very program that that game uh, not going to happen. So as of now, the uh, Red Devils are looking for a week one opponent. And uh, he 
said they've reached out to schools in Ohio and and all over the place, seeing what they can find out. And uh, but so far, no luck for the Devils as far as that goes. All right, uh, that will be it for today for this week. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on uh, Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report uh, with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We'll return on Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.